All right, well, good morning. How many of you have ever experienced chaos in your life? Anybody? Chaos? Do you know there's real power in chaos? Um, I went to Disneyland with three grandkids this week. And uh, I think all of them had runny noses. All of them wanted what they couldn't have. And I'm fasting. And all, if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know what it's like? There are great smells everywhere you go. And, uh, and I just thought about chaos. I thought about how God created the heavens and the earth out of chaos. He took chaos, he took darkness, and he turned it into creation. He turned it into order. And I really believe that what God wants to do is take whatever chaos you're experiencing right now, and I think he wants to turn it into order, or to follow that word cosmos, to turn it into something that makes sense. So as I was thinking about this, uh, this series we're doing in fasting and what God was up to, I, I really want to show you how you can take the mess. You got a mess? Anybody say, I got a mess. Say it a little louder, I got a mess. Not you are a mess, you got a mess, all right? I got a mess and I want to get through it. I'm going to show you how today to take that mess, turn it into something good. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Is your back against the wall from time to time and you're going, I don't know which way to turn. I don't know where to go with this. Is your life spinning out of control at times? And you find like, how do I, how do I bring things into balance here? How do, I, how do I think right? How do I act right? How do I move in the right direction? Well, the good news is, as we like to say around here, you can be in the middle of a miracle and not even know it. If you stop and think about every miracle in the Word of God, every single one of them was a problem first. It wasn't like everything was going great and God showed up and said, your, your life is going so wonderful, I want to give you a better miracle. No, there was always tension, there was always a problem, and so if you're in the middle of, of feeling like you're in, you know, just things are spinning out of control, realize you're primed for something really, really good. If you need a miracle then I want you to know this story that we're looking at today about King Jehoshaphat, which is really not a great name. I mean, really, is it Jehoshaphat? Who would name their boy? What are you going to call the little guy, Jehoshaphat? Seriously? But here's this guy named Jehoshaphat who lost his confidence. He didn't know where to go. He gets word that these armies are going to invade out of Syria... They're going to be coming across that, that area where he is ruling and reigning, and they are going to crush him. And fear instantly fills his heart. And we know what fear is like in our life, don't we? We know what it's like to feel like you've got something, a force coming against you, a problem coming up against you, and you don't know if you're going to really get through it or not. And when he heard the enemies were coming, his heart sank. So it's at that point we pick up the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are at Hezazon, Tamar, and Jehoshaphat feared. Now there's where we understand, we relate to this guy. 
Fear comes into his life. He fears, and notice his response. He set himself to seek the Lord. I think that little idea of setting yourself is the idea that you don't feel any stability in your life, and you say, wait a minute, I have to stop and get a grip. I have to refocus where I am. I have to seek God now because I can't do this without God. He set himself to seek the Lord, and look what he did. He proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Have you ever asked help from the Lord? You ever asked help from God and you felt like he didn't give you any help? Ever felt like that? Anybody? I've felt like that. I felt like, God, where are you? You know, as I was studying and I was reading in the book of James the other night, I realized God brought something to my mind that was a fear. And it's a fear that reaches back to my first year of marriage. I was preaching through the book of James. I've only been a Christian at that point about three years, and I'm already a senior pastor of a church, and I'm preaching through this book of James. And if you know anything about the book of James, it's about trials. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that testing your faith produces endurance, right? Great theme, right? Unless you're going through trials. So we're in the middle of this. Tammy's pregnant. We're living in South Louisiana. Got a brand new car. Hurricane comes up, blows the pecan tree down, crushes my new car. Now, the boys in South Louisiana weren't exactly the best body men in the world. They thought they could fix it. They put that new top on. It was the wrong one. It leaked. It always leaked water. It was just, you know, and then, then Tammy, we came time for that birth, and Jeremy was premature, and he spent six weeks in intensive care. Then my worship pastor came to me, and he told me about some things that he was involved with that just meant that he could no longer be on staff. And I'm preaching through the book of James. And I grew to not like the book of James. I have not preached through the book of James since then. And it hit me last night, it was a fear. I fear that book. I fear if I preach through that book, bad stuff's going to happen in my life. Now that may seem a little bit foolish to you. But to me, it was real, and it is real. And I realized, God, I don't want to go through bad stuff, and if I'm doing anything to prompt it, I, don't want, I want to stay away from it altogether. And God said, I want you to love all of my book. I don't want you to fear anything. I want you to set yourself right now. Because what you went through then had nothing to do with what you were preaching through then. And it very well may be what you're going through now has nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. It may be a part of the life you're living and the circumstances you're in and and decisions maybe that were made for you or on your behalf or you made years ago and now it's just the consequences of those things catch up. But I want you to know this, that God is for you. God loves you and God wants to take whatever that stuff is. For me, it's a book of James. Whatever it is for you, he wants to take and, and untwine that for you and, lo- and show you order. So they gathered together to ask help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah and to seek the Lord. Everybody was afraid across the land. And all the cities proclaimed this fast. Here's something I want us to do. I want you just to say this with me. You need to break 
free. Would you just say that with me? Break free. Whatever is in that, you say break free of and then just add that in your own mind. I need to break free of that. I need that out of my life. And I use that symbol of a chain just to remind us we have to break stuff out of our life. We have to say no to that. We have to stop waiting for what we want and start working for what you have. You see, you have so much in your hands. You have so much in your, in, in your sphere of authority and your sphere of influence and say, you know, instead of saying, I don't have this and I don't have that, but what do you have? And if God could take that and God could transform that into something great, what would it look like? What's possible with God? You see, there's no future in your past. I know people that get caught up in all they've lost and how things used to be. Well, they're not coming back like that. That's gone. Your future is right now with God. What are you going to do with right now? Well, I remember when. Well, quit remembering. It's not doing you any good. It makes you feel sad. A few years ago when the stock market was doing really well, Tammy came to me and she confessed something. She confessed that she'd been hoarding money, which is not bad news for a husband. She said, I've been hoarding money. And I said, really? She said, yeah, I've been, when I get my reimbursement check from, from my work, I would put it in a sock. This doesn't even sound like a real story. She put it in a sock and she said, and I went down and, and I decided just to kind of surprise you and uh, I just call it sneaking around. But anyway, I decided to surprise you and, and I went down to a stockbroker. And I had like $3,000, and I put it in the stock market, and, and, and it's doing really, really, it was doing really, really well. In fact, it got up to well over $15,000. Remember the dot-com bubble? Now, she didn't give me word about the investment until the bubble burst. And now she was mad at the stockbroker because he didn't take care of her money. And her 3,000 went down to 1,000. You know, as I thought about that story, I thought, isn't that how life is? You build up, you have all these great expectations, and then the life just gets sucked out of you. And you see, the life was getting sucked out of, of, of Jehoshaphat. Well, that's gone. There's nothing to regain there. That is gone. There's no future in my past. You never have the devil bring about doubt. Well, don't fight him on his own terms. You see, Jehoshaphat could have said, well, I'm going to get my army. We're going to go out there. We're going to fight, and we're going to win the battle. That's fighting the enemy on his own terms. You can't win like that. You see, what you have to do is when the fire starts, you have to send Jesus into the fire. God, I can't handle this one. This is above me. This is above my pay grade. You see, what's got a grip on your faith is what you have to figure out. What is holding me back? What's keeping my faith back? And you just have to break away from that and say, just, I break from that, whatever's holding me back. Because you see, there is a place of freedom. There is a place of miracle. There is a, a place where our lives can really be changed and transformed by the power of God. In verse 3, it said, Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed this fast throughout all of Judah. We've been in a fast now for uh, about what, what is this, day 12 or 13 now in this 21-day fast. And I've got to tell you, there have been a few moments in this day where I thought, you know, I don't think this fasting is a good idea. And I don't mean just because I'm hungry. 
I mean, because it felt like I was confronted with, with greater obstacles than I was before I started the fast. And as I would talk to God, he'd say, that's right. Because what I want to do is I have to strip away and grind away from you all the things of your flesh that keep you from really trusting in me. And I didn't realize how much I was absorbed with me until I began this fast and said, God, enough of me, and and I need to pick up where you are in my life. We need to honor God in everything we do. This picture of a star is just a reminder, we have to honor God. You know that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace, and they said, oh God, they said to the king, if God delivers us, so be it, if not, so be it, but we will not bow to you, O king. Don't bow to anything but God. Honor God in everything you do, even when it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Honor God. Say yes to God. God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. doesn't matter what happens. Reject smallness in your life. Let God stretch you until your heart is big enough to receive God's miracle. Sometimes our heart is smaller than we think it is. We need God to stretch that heart a little bit and and just make it big enough to say, God, what have you got for me? What miracle do you have for me that you want to work? Don't quit. Don't ever quit. Just face your fears with God's power and say, God, I'm going to take, I'm going to let you have this one all to yourself. Because you see, fear, what does it do? It attacks your confidence. Hebrews chapter 10 says, don't give up your confidence because with it is great reward. Have you lost your confidence in God, lost your confidence in friends and life? Don't give it up because when you do, you create a vacuum in your life and the enemy comes in and he starts to sow seeds and those seeds start to grow and they start to take root in your life and then all of a sudden you look around and you go, nothing looks right, nothing looks good in my life. Fear attacks your confidence, and doubt will will rob you of the destiny that God has in store for you. What is it God has for you? If, if If I just ask you to sit back and say, tell me, what would be the greatest thing that could happen in your life in the next year? Would you put that before God? God, that's what I want to see happen. Why wouldn't you believe God for something great? Why Why believe God for something small? It takes just as much faith to believe for big and small. Just put it out there and say, God, this would be fulfillment. I see my marriage healed. I see my kids talking to me. I see my parents understanding me. I see me getting into that school, into that college. I I, want to just pray, God. I want to pray that that I find joy in my life again because I've lost the joy of my life. I want to go back to where I was and and, and had that walk with God that was so enriching to me. I want to go back to that place. But you have to take and look, look all the failure in the face and just say, that's not real. God is real. Look what what Jehoshaphat says in chapter 20 and verse 9. If disaster comes upon us, if it does, he's not saying it won't. He says, if it does. Sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand. I'm going to stand. It doesn't matter what comes upon me. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand before this temple and in your presence. You know, when you get in the presence of God, it does something to you. You ever just said that, God, I want to be 
in your presence. God, I invite your presence right now in my life and allow God just to begin to minister to you right there. See, many times in Scripture, it is about us inviting God to be a part of our life instead of us going, God, would you come over here and and do what I want you to do? No, just invite God's presence into your life and let God speak to your heart in that moment and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and you will save. Do you hear the faith in that? When we cry, you hear us and you save us. And then look what happens. This is so powerful, these moments of the presence of God. This prophet stands up and it says here in verses 14 and 15, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jezeel and he said, listen, listen all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but it is God's. You know, I was reading that and I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, maybe this is what God's trying to say to us. Quit trying to fight my battles. Every time you try to fight my battles, I let you and you lose. And the reason you've had such a long losing streak is because you won't let me fight your battles. You want to be God? I'm going to let you be God. You want to run your life? I'm going to let you run your life. You want to walk in the flesh and not walk in the spirit? I'll let you do that. And all you're going to do is be frustrated. All you're going to be do, all that's going to happen to you is you're going to be confronted with difficulties and problems. And I, as I read that, I thought, how many times have I tried to help God fight the battles of life? I need to take my hands off of that. And I need to do this third big thing, and that is leverage everything for the kingdom. Ever thought about leveraging everything? What would it mean if you just said, I'm going 100% for God? What would that look like for you? A little frightening? You know, some of you are saying yourself, you know, I just became a missionary to Papua New Guinea, you know, and I've left my family and I've said goodbye, but I've left everything for God. What would it really look like for you, though, if you said, I'm going to really trust God? I'm going to put my faith in God, and when it starts to to slip, I'm going to pull it back and I'm going to put my faith in God. You see, be willing to risk all to see God work in your life. What would that look like for you? What would it look like for you? What would it look like if you would ignore the odds? Well, you know, the odds are, or it doesn't make sense. What would happen if you'd ignore the odds in your life because God doesn't really care about the odds, does he? I mean, think about it. Here's God's plan. God's plan is to get 12 guys together, line them up with Jesus, Tell the world, take three years, get the message out, one guy's going to betray and you're going to get crucified. I'm going to raise him from the dead, everybody's going to be convinced that you're Savior and the whole world is going to be transformed. Now, I don't know if you're a thinking man, if, if you ladies process that, it's not a great plan. It's not a great plan because the odds are against you. The odds are never working in your favor, but God specializes in doing things that seem impossible. God works in a way that goes way beyond what we could ever ask or think to accomplish something great in our life. What would you like to see God do? You see, the odds have been stacked against us for 23 months. I got to admit, you know, I just, there are times where I just say, God, I don't even know how we got to this place in our life. I don't know how we got to this building. 
don't know how we got what we have. And I really don't. And I think it was because the odds were stacked against us and we didn't care. We didn't care they were stacked against us. Because we said this, God, if you're God, you gotta come through. And if you don't come through, then we're in a big mess. And there have been times I've been pretty bold, you know, and with God, I said, God, you got me into this mess. You gotta get me out of this mess. This is your deal, not my deal. God likes it when we let him be God. He doesn't like it when we try to be God. What would it take for God to really be God in your life today? 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 20 through 22. Look what Jehoshaphat said. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and O inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now look what he does. He does something that doesn't make sense. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out as an army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, is that a good plan? Now, if I'm doing it, I'm going, let's count up the troops. How many guys do we ought? How many What's our weaponry look like? What's our battle strategy? And Jehoshaphat says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the singers. We're going to put them out front. Now, maybe they couldn't sing and he wanted to get rid of them first. I don't know what was going on here. But let's get all the singers together. Let's put them out front, and they're going to start praising God. Now, if you're an army, can you imagine this battle scene? All of a sudden, here comes out a bunch of guys singing praising God, and they're thinking, what is happening here? They began to praise, and it says, praise him for his mercy endures forever. And then notice this, it's the power of the word when. And when they began to sing. Can I say this? I think your miracle is one step away. It's one word away, and it's the word when. When you begin to praise God for your circumstances and put it into God's hand, you'll start to see the miracle of God. It's win. It's a win moment in your life. Not a W-I-N, but a W-H-E-N. I began to think about that word win, and I remembered that it was in Job chapter 42 that it says of Job, when he prayed for his friends, God restored the fortunes of Job. I began to look through Scripture and I realized how many times the promises and the miracles of God were conditional. They were based on a win moment in their life. What is it you need to do to open up the miracles of God? Because God says, when you do that, I will do this. Think about how many times those conditional promises are found in Scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And many, many times God is waiting for you. It's not that God is reluctant. It's not God that God is tight-fisted and doesn't want to work in your life. He's waiting for you to take a step in the right direction. When you do this, I'm going to do that. 
What is the when moment in your life that's keeping you right now from seeing a then moment in God's life, in the ministry of God? It says, when they began to sing to praise the Lord, then the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and look, they were defeated. Your enemies are defeated when you begin to praise God in the midst of your circumstances because they have no power over you. See, what's got power over you right now? The way people see you? The circumstances you find yourself in? Praise God for the circumstances. Give God the glory. Well, you just don't understand what I'm going through. No, I don't, and I'm sure it's bad. But what are you going to do? Are you going to give it to God? Are you going to fight that battle? Are you going to let God fight that battle? Are you going to answer the door? Are you going to let Jesus answer the door? Are you going to ignore the door? Are you going to run from the door? What are you going to do about it? You've got to do something with it. And I think God is saying, win, church, influence, win. Go to the win. God, we are going to praise you for everything, even when things don't seem like they are what we want them to be. We're going to give you the glory. We're going to give you the praise. You see, we have, it's a time to decide. That's what every, every time you read Scripture, what God is doing, he's bringing you to a point of decision. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? He's, asking, he's bringing you a time to act. You have to take action on that. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and and things are so bad. His friends are asleep. He's sitting there, oh God, if, if I could just have this cup taken from me, if I could just not die on the cross. But I know, nevertheless, it's not my will, but it's your will be done. What if he hadn't taken that win moment? There never would have been a then resurrection. He could have lived to old age. He could have sold out to the enemy. He could have said, what's the use living for God? But he didn't. He took that win moment. He said, I am going to follow God. Sink or swim, do or die, I'm going to follow God. And he acted on it. What do you need to act on? What do you need to believe to see God do something in your life? You can cry about what's going on. You can mourn about what's going on. You can say, look at the difficulties. You can complain and have all the problems, but you're not going to see God show up in those moments. He's going to show up when you just turn it loose and say, God, I choose to believe you, and I will not stop believing. I will not doubt. I will not run. I will trust God in everything I do. And when you do that, you'll start to see God do something. That cross is a symbol. It's a symbol of a win moment. When Jesus hung on that cross, I choose. I choose to live out the plan of God in my life. You came in today, you were given a small card for prayer requests. What would you write on that card right now and say, This is what I need to do. This is what I want God to do. This would be my win moment right now. What would it look like? Take a moment and just jot down on there, what would you like to see God do in your life? What would you like to see God do in your life? I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as we pray. And we're going to give you an opportunity today to to take that prayer request and move over here to the cross and put it on that cross and say, that is a symbol of my win moment. I am making a decision today to stand for God and to put it on that cross and say, God, without you, I can't do anything. 
I can't see you work in my life, God, unless I do that. And as you think about that, let's just bow our heads right now. I'm just going to ask you just to pray with me. If you truly know the Lord today, you say, I know that I know Christ today. I'm going to ask you to pray something like this in your own heart. You can pray it out loud if you want, but it goes something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you. I have some chaos going on in my life. And I can't get out of it, God. I don't know what to do. I've been trying to fight your battles for you. And I'm tired of fighting. I hand this battle to you, Jesus. Would you take this? I'm fearful, afraid. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you've just got some bad news about your health, about your family. And you need God to do something because you don't know what to do. In just a moment, the band is going to play and sing and lead us in this time of, of really just worship and invitation. Would you take that prayer request to the cross? Would you slip out from where you are and just say, I need God to work in me and through me? I need a win moment. If you want, there are members of our prayer team there. They'll be glad to pray with you. If you would like to just pause and have someone just lift you up before the Father, they'll be there. If you'd rather just slip by there and just put your crest, you can do that as well. Some of you are not certain that you know the Lord. And God has, has been moving you in a direction of faith for some time. You've got all the right externals. You've got, it looks like Christianity is a part of your life, but deep down there's a void that says, I'm not really sure that if I die today, I'd go to be with Jesus in heaven. Don't ever let that doubt live in your heart. Maybe join me in a prayer like this one. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you were buried and rose from the dead to give me eternal life. Save me, Jesus. You say in your word, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised me, Jesus, from the dead, I will be saved. And so I believe that, and I ask you, save me, Jesus, right now. Come into my heart and give me the gift of eternal life. I don't want to doubt anymore. I don't want to, to fear death. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life for all eternity. I want to follow you with all my heart and my soul and my strength. And I need you, Jesus, to save me. In your own words, would you just thank him if that was your prayer today? If that was your prayer today, just as you're a win moment, a time to act, would you just look right here and just look at me, an act of faith. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Sir, God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Fifteen or twenty people raised their eyes and said, that was my prayer today. Can I say to you who lifted your eyes to me, God heard your prayer. God answered your prayer. He wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, eternally saved, part of his kingdom. 
We'd love to be able to share with you and talk to you. As the band plays, I'm just going to ask you to slip out from where you are, come to this cross, put your requests up, maybe pray with a member of a prayer team. But let's just give this time to God right now. Would you come right now? Just come right now and just say, I need, to, I need a win moment in my life. Just come now as God just leads you. Act and God will act. Move and God will move on your behalf. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Would you do that? Would you just confess him before the Father?